want to look at a very familiar portion of Scripture, uh, Isaiah chapter 53. Man, I'm sure glad that you're here tonight. Uh, I got a tickle. I don't know if you guys saw me uh, leave uh, the service earlier. Um, this uh, morning, I was printing off my sermon and getting ready for tonight and I'm ready to uh, just get everything lined up, and I had a problem with my printer, and so we just couldn't get that sucker printed, and so uh, later on today, we had a big police memorial for the Independence Police Department, and uh, I was hanging out with the mayor of Independence for a little bit today and got to pray over the police memorial. And Well, anyway, I got up here tonight, and uh, I was getting really excited. Presence of God was moving in worship, and for some reason, thank God, I just decided to open up my notebook. No notes. And uh, I believe that when whoever preaches, they need to preach like they got fire shut up in their bones. Problem is, my bones don't remember like they used to. <laughs> and so I had to leave and go get that sucker printed off. But I'm telling you, you picked a good time to be here. I want to speak to you. We're in a, a series entitled um, Getting Disconnected. And so much of our society is how can we get connected on Facebook? How can we get connected on MySpace? How can we get connected on the PDA? How can we get connected on the cell phone? How can we get, you know what? I'm tired. I've got too much connection with things that pull away from the things that matter most in my life. Have you ever had that before? Where you're so connected with everything that's going on in life, you're so busy, you're missing out, or Barry Young's missing out on what's really important. And God began to speak to my heart about there's things that as God's people, as his sons and daughters, he wants us to get disconnected from. Last week we talked about Getting disconnected from defeat. Oh man, I love preaching that message. We talked about walking in the victory of God. We've talked about getting disconnected from fear. Well, tonight we're gonna talk about getting disconnected from pain. Pain is a reality that we have to live in and go through, but God doesn't want it to stay there in our lives. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah 53. I want to look at verses 4, 5, and 6, and while you're there, I want you to hear what Psalm 147, verse 3 says. I quote it all the time. It's at the top of your notes. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. I want everybody to say that with me. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. That is what God does. I want to take it a little bit deeper. Look at me at Isaiah 53. Let's look at verses 4, 5, and 6. The word says... Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Did you just get that one phrase? Do you know what that means? That means that our pain is God's. That's what it says. It says he carries our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God and smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want to speak to you tonight about the will of God to bring healing into your life. I believe that some of the most hurting people in the world, do you know who they are? They're church Christians. Some of the people that have hurts and wounds from years ago, they're Christians. 
Because just because you come through those doors doesn't mean that you actually give your problems, your pains, your burdens, what's inflicting pain on you, it doesn't mean that we give that to God and receive his healing. And so tonight, I just want to give you some good news. God wants you to be disconnected from pain. Amen. Would you just bow your hearts with me? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your will is for us to get disconnected. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are hurting tonight. I pray for those that are bound in any way that, God, you just let your freedom and your healing flow tonight. And God, thank you that there's no way we can avoid pain. But thank you for that every painful situation we go through, you have a way out. In Jesus' name, we love you, and I just ask you to speak through me. Thank you that my sins are forgiven and that your grace is so multiplied. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Tonight, I want to look at, first of all, the truth about pain. Let me just give you some notes and bolts because I want you to know, do I believe that God wants you to walk in victory? Yes. Do I believe that there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper? Yes. Do I believe that God is for you and not against you? Yes. Do I believe that you are blessed and highly favored? Yes. Let me give you some truth about pain. Number one, pain is inevitable in this life. How many of that is true? Have you ever spent time and you've tried to make sure you do everything right so that you don't encounter a problem? You know what happens to me when I do that? I still encounter a problem. I'm telling you, there are just times that you can just be in a certain place and no matter what you do. Have you ever noticed that, that when you're running late, people in front of you drive slow? <laughs> have you ever noticed if you're running late, you go in the gas station and that gal can't figure out how to work that infantile gas, that register? I'm telling you, you know what? If you weren't running late, you'd be in and out real quick. Pain in this life, it's inevitable. And, and can I be honest? I don't know how people who aren't Christians go through pain. I don't know how anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I don't know how they deal with death. I don't know how anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I don't know how they overcome divorce. I don't know how anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior can overcome a tragedy that happens to a young kid. Hey, all that stuff, how many of you know all that stuff is hard to overcome, even if you are a Christian? But boy, when you're alone. Let me give you the second truth about pain. So I want you to know tonight, I'm not just preaching some fantasy gospel that we'll never have to have pain. No, no, no. I'm preaching a gospel that says Jesus can heal our pain. I'm preaching a gospel saying that Jesus can overcome our pain. I'm preaching a gospel that says Jesus can heal you no matter where you are in life. Number two. Boy, I'm preaching better than you're amening tonight, man. Number two, pain can teach us. I wish this weren't true, but it is, Frank. Valuable lessons. How many of you have learned some valuable lessons from some pain in your life? Just raise your hand. Woo! Okay, confession's good for the soul. How many of you have wasted some money and you learned some valuable lessons from that experience? Woo! I'm telling you, pain can teach us Valuable lessons. Finish this phrase, no pain. I wish it weren't true, but at most times it is. 
And so pain can teach us valuable lessons. So, so what I want you to understand is God can heal our pain, but, but while we're in pain, we want to learn from it. What's that old phrase? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Number three, third truth about pain tonight, and then we're going to get into some good preaching here. Number three, painful times often are the times where our characters form the strongest. Can I tell you about one of the hardest Sundays of my entire life? I just graduated Bible college, and I was at my very first church in the middle of nowhere, Kirksville, Missouri. I mean, I'm not joking. I mean, there was nothing in Kirksville. You know what? You know why so many kids sinned? There was nothing to do in that town but sin. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, there was nothing to do in that town. I mean, so anyway, I had just gotten there, and I got a horrific call from my mom that my dad was deathly ill. And so for the next three or four weeks, I would transfer back from Kirksville to Missouri and Kansas City. And May 13th, 1997, my dad passed away. And so here I am. I'm, unfortunately, this was before Kelly, so I'm all by myself in Kirksville, Missouri, out in the middle of nowhere. I've been at this country church for two months, and I'm telling you, these folks were country. I'm telling you right now, they were country. Did I ever tell you that time about that guy we had who had an offertory? He played the saw for a saw solo. I mean, I just waiting for pigs to come out and hay to come out with them. I thought, man, we what? Okay, so, but it was great, folks, but I just knew they're all alone. And so here I am, I'm, and then lo and behold, my pastor goes on vacation, and guess who's in charge of that church for a week or two? This 23-year-old kid who just got out of Bible school, can I be honest? I was this close to quitting. I was this close just to quitting, packing up. But, but you know what I learned? I learned the truth of Joshua 1.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's easy to quote. But when you go through a time in your life where you're all alone and your heart is filled with pain, but God gets you through it, it creates a bond of intimacy between me and my heavenly Father. And therefore, it makes me easy to say, uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you, declares the Lord of hosts. It makes it easy for me to say, if you're coming up here and you're going through some hellacious problem, God promises you, no matter what, uh, he will never leave you or forsake you. And that's why you shouldn't give up. But I can say that with authority and power, not because I'm trying to get somebody excited, but I've, I've experienced it. And that's what painful times do if we pass the test. Number four, truth about pain. Then we're gonna get some good preaching here tonight. Number four, painful experiences many times can be avoided. Could I have all the ladies just looking at me eyeball to eyeball? Like all the husbands, to close your eyes, please. Every husband to close your eyes. Every lady to look up here at me. Okay, ladies, grab their wallets. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Okay, every husband eye closed. Every lady looking up at me. How many of you knew your husband could avoid a problem, but he didn't do what you said and went into the problem? Just raise your hand. Kelly, I know you can raise. Okay, thank you. Husbands, you can open your eyes. 
I'm going to tell you there's a high percentage right there, brothers. I'm just going to let's be honest with you. Sometimes pain can't be avoided. I couldn't do anything about my dad passing away. But I tell you what, there's times that we can't avoid pain, and our decisions drop us into that sucker. Can I tell you one of the worst questions you can ask God? Just write this down, why? Very rarely is God into answering the question, why? This is the question God's into answering. This is how you overcome it. Lord, how do I overcome? And then he's ready to answer that one. Yeah, here's another question God's like. God, how can I use this pain to minister to somebody else? He likes that one. God, how can I use this trial to strengthen somebody else? He likes that one. Let me give you last one, number five. Then we're gonna get to some good preaching here. So pain-filled lives. Oh, I love this. They're the lives that Jesus Christ targeted. I want you to get that one more time here. Pain-filled lives. They're the lives Jesus targeted. Do you, know, do you know what Jesus said? Here's what he said in the New Testament. He said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for the, for the sick. Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And if anybody's going through pain, if anybody's going through torment, those are the lives that Jesus targets. I pray this all the time. Lord, bring the most hurting, sinful people right through those doors in Jesus' name. And shame on us if we don't love them and receive them. And shame on us if we expect them to change before they get saved. Look at your neighbor and say, you should have said amen to that. Just tell them, tell them. I'm telling you, it is a sin to expect somebody to change before they get saved. We're supposed to unconditionally love everybody who comes through those doors. God have mercy on us when we think we're supposed to correct people. They do not need us impersonating the Holy Spirit. Now, let me get into, boy, I love that. I just want you to contemplate on that for a second. That's a really deep thought. That Jesus targeted those who are hurting and painful and are filled with pain. Let's look at number two here. How do we get disconnected from the various pains we can experience in life? Okay, here's what I wanna get into. So most of us knew some of those realities, but here's the key. How do we get disconnected when we screw up royally? How do we get disconnected? How do we get disconnected when somebody knifes us in the back? How do we get disconnected when a dream marriage ends up in divorce? How do we get disconnected when something horrible, a a tragedy that we could never dream of happens and we're not expecting it? How do we get disconnected when somebody hurts us who we thought would always love us and protect us? How do we get disconnected from that pain? Let me give you how. Number one, for pain in your heart, number one, you've got to forgive others. That's the first step, okay? So if you've got pain in your heart, regardless of the situation, we're speaking to adults tonight, if you were in a marriage and somebody committed adultery on you, forgive. You went into business with somebody, supposed to be 50-50, and they took the majority money and left you nothing. First step is forgive. Maybe you went to a church five or 10 years ago and it's not like our church. 
Tell you something right now, you'll never find a more stable pastor than Bill Newby. You'll never find a pastor who'll love his people more. You'll never find a pastor who believes and lives a holy life more than this pastor. But let's say you didn't come from that type of church. And the pastor did something to hurt you. First step is forgive. Can I tell you, the majority of marriages that come into my office for counseling after they've been married, the number one problem is forgiveness. That's the number one problem. I just want you to write this scripture down. It's 1 Corinthians 3 to 8. And within the confines of that, it says that love keeps no record of wrongs. Can I just be really blunt? I got a great marriage. I really do. And I like to take credit for it, but I can receive very, very little credit for it. Do you know why, if our marriage is strong, why it's strong? Number one reason, other than us being Christians and trying to live it out, is Kelly has a short memory. She does. I'm telling you, Frank, I can wake up one morning and do something to her I never thought I'd do, and next day later, if I bring it up, she already know what I'm talking about. Man, I'm telling you, I made some big mistakes in our marriage. Don't anybody say amen to that. <laughs> Specifically, not Kelly. <laughs> she got a short memory. And you know what the Holy Spirit's done with that to me? I gotta have a short memory. How many of you can think of something happened five years ago, and if you think about it long enough, it'll get you mad? How many of you, 15 years ago, if you think about something and really start talking it out and really, man, you can get all riled up. Man, I've been in the car sometime and debated somebody in the car that wasn't even there. 15 year ago conversation. Every one of you's got a button that can be pushed. And I want you to receive what the Holy Spirit says, forgive others. Do you notice I didn't put on there, I want you to catch this, I did not say forgive people when they ask for your forgiveness. Can I give you the reality of life? Here's why many people, I'm, I'm, you need to zone in on me, I'm serious, this is a deep word. This is why many people have forgiveness issues. They gotta wait for somebody to say, please forgive me. And let me give you the truth, nobody talk. The majority of the time, you'll never hear those words, please forgive me. If you're waiting for somebody to say, please forgive me for stealing, please forgive me for adultery, please forgive me for thievery, please forgive me, you're probably not gonna hear it, and that's why if you're struggling with forgiveness, you've never been able to get over it. True forgiveness forgives before it is even asked. And if you'll take that word, your marriage will go up about 10 levels right there. Number two. That's how we get disconnected in our heart is when we forgive other people and we mean it. Number two. So for pain in your heart, forgive others. Number two. Whew. This is one I need bad. For pain in your mind, release those memories to the blood of Christ. About a year ago, I did a sermon series for about three or four or five weeks just about the blood of Jesus. Do you know what happens with our mind? How many of you can bear witness to this? Sometime our mind is our own worst enemy. Do I have anybody witness to that? Sometimes 
If we let ourselves start thinking about something we shouldn't think about, it's gonna get us in trouble. And, and if you're, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that got mind issues. If you've not read Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, you are missing it. That is one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. If you want to get a checkup from the neck up, if you just want to get just a rhema word from God, just to be able to go in and kick the devil's door down, I'm telling you, that book will help you out. But I'll just give you the book in one sentence. Release your memories to the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's what the blood of Jesus does, if you just want to write this down on the side. The blood of Jesus cleanses. There's nothing that can cleanse like the blood of Jesus. Every sin, every stain, every mistake. Number two, the blood of Jesus heals. Number three, the blood of Jesus, it covers over. Hallelujah. Number four, the blood of Jesus, it brings peace. Number five, the blood of Jesus, ultimately it brings security. And what you have to do is, you've got to surrender your memories to God and refuse to feed them anymore. Listen to me, if you're struggling with painful memories in your mind, you had a bad relationship breakup 10 years ago, stop feeding those memories. If your son or daughter did something that hurt you really bad, Stop feeding those memories. If you made a huge mistake and everybody's forgiven you but you, stop feeding those memories. There's an old phrase in Pentecostal churches. Many old time people would say this. We plead the blood of Jesus. I just want to say this one last thing. I want you to write this down. Satan has no answer for the blood of Jesus. There is no Satan has no answer for the blood of Jesus. His blood, his crucifixion, it was his that blood was poured out for you and for me. Number three. How do we get disconnected from pain? Number three. For pain in your spirit. Offer that suffering to the Lord. Okay, here's what I mean by that. We're all gonna go through pain. Offer that pain to the Lord as a way to worship him. Here's how you do that. If you're struggling with pain in your spirit, you start reading the Bible more. You know what, the devil's gonna let up on that. He does not want you to do that. If you're struggling with pain in your spirit and and you just feel defeated, start praying more. And I'll tell you what, the devil's gonna let up on that pain because he doesn't want you praying more. Can I tell you, I, I heard Joel Osteen say this and I want you to write it down if you're taking notes just because it, it, it's something that all of us Christians can fall into. And here's what Joel Osteen said. Stop functioning in your dysfunction. One more time. Stop functioning in your dysfunction. Okay, so here's what happens. Sometimes as Christians, we go through problems and we don't totally get healed. Now, I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about in our personhood, in our spirit man, our spirit woman. We don't get totally healed. And so we just start getting used to this dysfunction. 
Well, I've got low the self-esteem. I'm just going to deal with it. No, overcome it in Jesus' name. Well, you know, I got fear of people. No, overcome that in Jesus' name. Well, I got trust issues. No, overcome that in Jesus' name. Well, Lord, I can't keep no friends. It must be everybody's fault but mine. I just have bad luck bumping into folks. No, overcome that in Jesus' name. Don't function in your dysfunction. Do not. Let me give you number four here. How do we get disconnected from pain? Number four, for pain in your body, hold to and confess the word of God. Want everybody look on your notes, or if you have your Bibles open, I want to read it to you one more time. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. So if you're here tonight, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual pain, you got to realize that God is supposed to carry that pain, not you. Did you hear that? God is supposed to carry your pain, not you. Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. And then verse five, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And the Hebrew translation in the original Hebrew says, by his wounds, we were healed. Old time Pentecostals say Jesus paid for your healing through his atonement. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. This applies to if you need a physical healing but any part of your life. You get a hold of the word of God and you confess it until it manifests itself in your life. So, for healing, man, I'm telling you, if I've got something wrong with my body, it, every, I try to make it this way. Every time I get a hurt in that body, Isaiah 53, 5, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. If 20 seconds goes by, I start hurting again, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Two hours goes by and I start hurting again. By the start, I just hold on to that word. I just hold on to it. You know what? Kelly and I didn't get debt free. We just read Dave Ramsey's book. Next day we woke up, next morning we was debt free. No! Man, that, that, we think that's a bestseller now. Can you imagine that? Man, people would be climbing over each other right now, getting out of this church trying to buy that book if they could read it next, next day morning, be debt free. What did Kelly and I do? Man, we confessed it, we confessed it, we confessed it. We con- Man, you know what I was confessing? Before I was debt free, I was confessing that years before then. Man, thank you, Jesus, I'm debt free, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, those cars, those student loans, those credit cards, they're paid off. Man, I was praying prayers like that way before it manifested. Can I tell you what? I want you to get this thought. There's the, the reality of this world and the reality of the word of God. And if you keep confessing the word of God, pretty soon the word of God is gonna overcome the reality of this world. You gotta hold the word. You know what I tell people? They're going through bad marriage times. I'll tell them, when you're alone, you start confessing good things about your spouse. 
How many of you know sometimes the friends you got can be the worst things that you could do for your marriage? You know what? I'll tell couples, if you're going through a bad time, you need to start confessing privately great things about your spouse. Lord, I just thank you that my spouse loves you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you that, you know, and you just begin, Lord, I just thank you that my spouse, Lord, loves me in Jesus' name. Lord, I just, and you, you just begin to confess what you know is there, it's just not coming out. But you gotta hold to the word. Man, I'm telling you something right now. Before I hit weight goal of Weight Watchers, I had already started confessing that. Hallelujah! I looked weird being that heavy and getting on a scale and confessing I'm skinny in Jesus' name. But I'll tell you what, it caught up, hallelujah! And it wasn't an accident. Uh, can I just be honest? It's amazing, the things I start confessing don't come to fruition right off the bat, but if I hold the word of God, eventually they come true. I don't think that's a coincidence. What's the old hymn say? Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. And you can do that for your life. Let me give you number five here as Chris comes to play very softly. Number five, how do we get disconnected from the various pains we experience in life? Number five, for pains throughout your life, oh, if, if you got pain that's just, you're going through a painful time, here's how you, just generally, for pains throughout your life, focus on ministering to others. Now see, that doesn't sound right, does it? What does our society teach us? What does our world teach us? Well, if focus on numero uno, isn't that what our society teaches? Oh, our society teaches me first. Our society says, I'm gonna take care of me and my family and nobody else, but here's what God does. The Bible says the foolishness of this world. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. When we do the opposite, when all hell is breaking loose in our life and we start focusing on ministering to other people, you know what that does? That gets our mind off of our problems and it turns our mind on God, and then we start seeing God do supernatural things in other people's life, and before we know it, boom, we're raised out of that problem. You know what happens if you've got a problem and you're focusing on you? Have you ever, have you ever been talking to somebody you just dug the ditch deeper? You know, I've just learned as a husband, less is more. When I screw up, baby, I screwed up, please forgive me. That's just a great way to, done. The more I talk about it, the worse things get off. You ever done that? <laughs> so let me give you a couple things to leave with here tonight as we close. God wants you disconnected from pain. Now we're gonna have painful experiences, but he doesn't want you to live there. He does not want you to live in pain. You, every one of us, we gotta go through pain, we're gonna have painful times, but he does not want us camping out there. Let me give you these things to close. What to take home? All healing comes from God. I'm telling you, that's the truth. You, you know, I believe God uses physicians. Luke was a physician. All healing comes from the hand of God. I'll never forget Dr. Watson saying that at Bible college. God wants you healed. Number two, ultimately, we need to be wise 
but God is the healer, not us. Now, I just want you to look at me as we're closing here tonight. It is God who is the healer. And, and, and I want to tell you, if you're talking to your friends about your problems more than you're talking to God about them, you're not going to overcome those problems. If you're spending more time reading things that aren't divinely inspired than God's word and you're going through a problem, you're not going to overcome that problem. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13, those that seek the Lord and seek him with all their heart, he will be found. And I just want you to know tonight that God wants to heal every area of your life. If you're here tonight and you're 99% whole and there's one little thing that's not healed inside your heart, God says tonight's your night. If you're here tonight, and I tell you, we can be so, I can be so good at being fake, and so can you. It's so easy to come through those church doors and just like to act like everything's going great and everything's not going great. Act like everything's fine and everything's not fine. God is a healer, and he's real, and his love is real. And his power, there is no match or comprehension for it. And I'm telling you, I love what Pastor Jeff was saying tonight. When you unleash the love of God on a situation, it's going to get healed. I've never seen one person that doesn't love to be loved. So tonight, I just believe that God wants to tell you, man, I just want to unleash my love on whatever problem you're in. I love what, amen, Lord. I love what 1 Samuel 17, 47 says. The battle belongs to the Lord. So I'm gonna close with this thought. You know what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear tonight? He wants you to say, he wants you to hear, let go of that battle and give it to me. Holy Spirit wants you to hear, stop fighting your battle and let me fight it. And that's scriptural. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Whatever you're battling right now, take your hands off of it. Jesus is supposed to carry your pain, not you. Would you bow your hearts with me tonight? Lord, thank you tonight for your grace and for your word. Lord, I just love you so much. I just thank you that you've got us.